Hello, welcome back to Undressing the Issue. I'm Julia Alperovich, I'm your host, and I'm a therapist in Los Angeles. So today, I wanted to touch on a topic that is constantly being talked about and mentioned, and this topic is self-care. Self-care, yes. We hear about it all the time. We hear people say, I'm terrible at it, or, you know, we need to practice it. How are you doing with your self-care? It's kind of a big question, and it's kind of a big topic. I mean, after all, what the hell is self-care? Let's talk about this. So there's different ways of looking at self-care and what it is, and I'm going to mention to you and explain to you some of the different perspectives, but also some of the ways in which you can practice it, and what does it actually mean to practice self-care. So I think in order to talk about this, we need to talk about something called the Maslow Hierarchy of Needs. So Abraham Maslow is he was he's I don't believe he's alive anymore um he was a psychologist and he came up with this uh theory that human beings have specific needs and that these needs exist in a hierarchy that they address all of the different facets of our humanness and that we need to basically engage with different behaviors and uh, with our environments in a way where we are constantly meeting all of these needs. So the way that he looks at it, it's kind of like a pyramid. And at the very bottom are our basic physiological needs. And these include uh, food, water, warmth, rest, and safety feeling like, you know, our environment is safe, that we're secure, that we have everything we need, that we're not in danger. So basically taking care of our physical bodies and making sure that we are okay, that we're healthy, that we're safe. The next level up is our our emotional or psychological needs. And with this, Maslow talks about the next level up being belonging and love, right? We're social animals. So this encompasses friendships, relationships, connections to people. And the next level above that that falls under this category is self-esteem, or he just calls it esteem. So with this, this is basically, you know, having a sense of, prestige or our status in the world and also accomplishment, you know, feeling like we can achieve things, like we're competent. The highest one at the very, very top of the pyramid is what he calls self-actualization. So this is around, you know, discovering our potential and meeting our potential in all different respects. And also this encompasses our creativity our ability to explore and make and create and feel like we can actually cultivate something. We can, we can build something. We can, um, we can create something. How about that? Um, 
that is self-actualization. That's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, granted, this is back from what, like the 1940s? This is kind of antiquated and it's kind of vague. But so much of today's self-care programs and apps and a lot of what you read about is sort of based in this old perspective that these are the things that we need to be tending to on a regular basis to be well, to feel balanced, to feel satisfied, fulfilled, healthy, whatever you want to call it. So in my opinion, self-care is the practice of taking care of all of these different needs of ours. Now, if you look at it from the wellness perspective, wellness is such a huge industry nowadays, but wellness defines self-care also in a similar way in terms of really nurturing and uh, embracing all of the different things that make us human and growing in all of those areas and making sure that we tend to all of them. So they're kind of defining it similarly to Maslow's hierarchy, but it's not necessarily a hierarchy. They sort of look at all of these as equally important. And I actually agree with that. Um, Obviously, from the wellness perspective, you know, there's the basic stuff, meaning your physical wellness. So I define this personally not only as your nutrition, your exercise, your medical or health care, but also in terms of like what you put into your body. So substance use or how you view your body. It's, it's all about your relationship with your physical self. So... Yes, it's really easy to just say, sure, I shower every day and I eat three meals a day and they're balanced. I try to get some vegetables in there and I get roughly seven hours of sleep a night. But it's more than that. It's also, you know, what do you allow yourself to do? How often do you kind of get derailed with your healthy eating or if you go out with friends or you socialize and you say you're going to have one drink, do you actually have 11? And, you know, if you're saying, okay, I'm getting seven hours of sleep a night, but I'm going to bed at three o'clock in the morning and I'm getting up at 10 a.m. and then I'm scrambling to get onto my Zoom calls for work or to get to where I need to be, well, are we actually doing well with taking care of our physical person or are we kind of maintaining the state of stress and chaos? So that all has to do with the physical. The next category is the mental. So you got to remember humans, we have these big old brains and they're some of the most intricate and complex brains in the entire animal kingdom which means we are highly intelligent. And for that reason, we need intellectual stimulation. We have a need to be learning, to be creating. This is part of that self-actualization category that Maslow talks about, but it's also a little bit of that esteem category with accomplishment. So 
to get that mental stimulation, what we're talking about is taking an interest in learning something, feeling challenged, needing to think possibly abstractly or outside of our norm. Um, But it's also creativity. So this is also part of our mental well-being is having that space to explore where we're not adulting necessarily. We're not, you know, tending to our responsibilities. We're simply getting some type of enjoyment or stimulation from something that is novel or new, is interesting, is also going to engage us in learning and in expanding our knowledge base. So, you know, taking up a new hobby falls into this. And even something as simple as uh, cooking and trying a new recipe and having it turn out well, well, you've got that accomplishment component, you've got the creativity component, you're actually making something, and you've got that learning piece where you're actually learning how to do something that you've never done before. You're learning about food, you're learning about how food interacts, you're learning about what works, what doesn't work. All of this is mental stimulation. So I'm already hinting about, you know, how you can practice self-care. This is one of those ways where Self-care can also be engaging with the need for mental and intellectual stimulation. Another component of wellness, we've already covered the physical, the mental. Another one is emotional. So when it comes to our emotional wellness, this is basically our awareness of our emotions and our ability to express our emotions and our ability to accept what we feel. We feel what we feel. We can't really help it. So for a lot of people, it just feels like discomfort if they're not accustomed to actually labeling and identifying what they're feeling. And this is where you see things like addiction. Well, it's just uncomfortable. I don't really know what it is. I just feel the need to not feel this way. And so I'm going to find a way to make it stop. So I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to smoke some pot. I'm going to do some harder drugs. I'm going to do, I'm going to go and have sex to take my mind off of this. Whatever it is, it's a way to not have to feel. Because whatever you're feeling is not pleasant. But emotional wellness is the ability to actually sit with what you're feeling in order to identify it. What is it exactly that's making me feel eh? at the moment. And then how do I express this to somebody else? How do I release this, right? That's emotional well-being. The next component is our spiritual selves. So by spirituality, what I'm really referring to is having a sense of meaning and purpose in life and existence, but it's also a connection to something that is bigger than us, something that's bigger than me. So I'm not talking about Jesus Christ, God, Allah. I'm, it can be that for you, but it can be much broader as well, and that's all okay. But something that provides a sense of meaning, a deeper meaning, a bigger, bigger perspective, more than just my little world 
if that makes sense. So spiritual connection and engaging with that can encompass so many different things. It can be being out in nature, seeing how big our world is, how small we are in it. It can be participating in a faith community, going to church, going to mosque, going to synagogue. It can be some of the new age stuff that you hear about with, you know, belief in the universe or your higher power and your 12-step program. It can be just about anything. But whatever it is, it's a connection to what gives us meaning and purpose. There's also our social component. We are social creatures. We, for us to be hermits or to be loners is actually considered to be abnormal. We are social. We need social interaction. This is the reason why people who are put in solitary confinement oftentimes go nuts because we need that. We need to feel connected to others in some capacity. And this can be friendships, uh, family members, acquaintances, or even just interacting with other people around us, like leaving our house and having to, you know, talk to somebody, see another person, you know, get out of their way if need be, or say, excuse me, something, but social interaction, being around other people. It's also romantic relationships. This is also a big component of our social needs, for most of us at least. The last one is environmental, our environmental wellness. So basically, this is talking about having an environment that is hazard-free and also being aware of our role in maintaining our environment. So this is, I think, this is basically what constitutes wellness. And it's important to talk about this and talking about self-care because in self-care, what we're really saying when we say, I need to practice self-care is I need to improve my sense of wellness. And that includes all of those categories. So self-care and the practice of it becomes the act of engaging with and giving our attention and time and effort to all of these different areas of our lives. So practicing self-care can be making our, as far as the physical component, making ourselves a healthy meal, exercising, making sure we go to sleep on time and have restful sleep, making sure we go to the doctor when something's wrong or we're feeling off and not putting it off. Um, it's also about making sure we feel good in our bodies. So how we dress, getting a haircut, um, even something as simple as getting a massage. If I'm feeling stiff and sore, you know, rather than just complaining about it or taking a bunch of Advil, I want to go and actually try to work this out. I'm going to get some stretches in. I'm going to get my foam roller out. I'm going to get a massage. That is practicing self-care in terms of our physical well-being. As far as our mental self-care, this is, again, that category of learning and creativity. So even the act of going down a Google rabbit hole 
to because you're curious about something that you don't know much about, you're learning. That's not a bad thing. Taking an interest, reading, absorbing information, this is not wasting time. It is part of self-care. So I do this all the time. For example, I had a really strange interest. (laughs) This is going to sound really weird. In learning about coconut oil. (laughs) Because you hear so much about it. You hear about all of its benefits. And then you hear about how all of that is bogus and there's no research to back this up. And I see it everywhere. And I'm kind of wondering, what's the difference? How do you know if it's good quality? What are you supposed to do with it to get the health benefits? I didn't know much about it. I just heard a lot of hype. So I went down a Google rabbit hole. I wanted to read some medical journal articles. I wanted to read some of the bullshit internet articles. But I wanted to get a better idea of what the hype is about. What is it about coconut oil that everybody's like, oh my god, it's the new Botox. Why? What does it do? Where does it come from? What makes it so glorious? So even that is in a way self-care and creativity sitting down to paint or knit or this sourdough bread making trend that's going around right now this is all part of creativity it's the opportunity for us to sort of engage with our inner child to be playful to try something to explore discover and Also to just get a sense of sort of freedom and levity where we're not having to deal with our responsibilities or a chore or an obligation. It's just an opportunity to just be a kid. Do what feels good in the moment. Check something out. Be curious, right? As far as the spiritual thing and practicing self-care in that aspect, this can be done in so many different ways. Um, Being out in nature, as I mentioned, is one of them. For a lot of people, that feels like a connection to spirituality. And I get that. For some people, that doesn't quite cut it. A hike is a hike. It's exercise. I'm (laughs) I'm not really feeling spiritual there. But it can be something different for them, like meditation or specific types of music and getting lost in sound. It can be yoga and having a connection between your physical body and movement and your breath. It can be prayer and sitting down and just praying and, you know, getting in touch with your faith feeling like there's something bigger than you out there and that you can rely on it. It can be just about anything. And it's different for everybody. As far as the social aspect, I think especially nowadays, it's kind of hard, but we get lost in the grind in the day-to-day. And it's really easy to, before we even notice, and maybe I'm speaking for myself here, to realize I have not spent quality time with one of my friends in like weeks. Like I've been just grinding. I've been working. And when I'm not working, I'm eating or sleeping. And it would be really nice to just go and 
laugh and connect and catch up and spend some time with my friends or even with my partner. That would be nice. That's that social connection. So making, you know, a lunch date with one of your friends or, you know, a Zoom date nowadays, if you have to, if you live far apart, just to catch up and talk and actually see their face, hear their voice. This is self-care. This is a good thing. And as far as our environmental self-care, I mean, listen, if your space is a mess and you haven't opened a window in your house in months and the air is stale and you have garbage building up, it's going to affect your sense of (laughs) well-being. You're going to feel kind of stifled in that. And... Also, you're looking at all sorts of health risks when you don't let your environment air out, when you don't get fresh air. You got to open your windows, people. Fresh air is good. You're risking, you know, issues surrounding dust and mold and God knows what else. We need that. It's good for us. But it's also about, you know, our level of organization and keeping things sort of in order because we don't feel like we're drowning in a mess, in chaos. That is also self-care. So cleaning, organizing, right? Taking out that trash that you've been meaning to take out for a while now. Um, Organizing your drawers or your closets or, you know, doing your annual purge where you get rid of stuff that you don't want or need anymore and taking it to goodwill. All of this is self-care. All of these things are self-care. Self-care does not have to be, you know, a spa day or uh, therapy. Those are all good things. Yes, that is self-care. But if those aren't available to you, there are so many other things that you still can do to help yourself feel good. Even reading, learning something new, you know, trying out a new recipe, taking a nap, getting some sleep, taking a bubble bath, taking a shower, using some essential oils, a little aromatherapy, having a cup of tea and just slowing down. All of this is self-care. This is practicing self-care. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be But basically, it's just a way to slow down from your day-to-day, you know, the monotony, and just do something for yourself that makes you feel good. Anything. Anything. That is self-care. That's what we're talking about. We get lost. We get busy. We get hectic. And we lose sight of this. And before we know it, we feel run down and burnt out. And that's where the difference in perspectives comes in. There's two different perspectives about wellness. There's a medical one, and then there's just sort of the wellness community one. The medical one is focused on treatment, in correcting. This is what becomes necessary when we haven't been practicing all of this. The other perspective of wellness is around prevention and maintenance. So taking a holistic approach, making sure that we 
feel satisfied and fulfilled and that we're engaging with all of the different aspects of ourselves, that's what helps us prevent discontent, dis-ease, discomfort, and it helps us maintain a certain level of balance and health and well-being so that we don't need treatment and correction and intervention and basically medical wellness. That's the difference. Self-care is the prevention and the maintenance so that we can avoid needing treatment. Hope that makes sense. I hope that's helpful. I hope this also broadens your horizons in terms of options, of things to do to practice self-care. It doesn't have to be this cookie-cutter formula that equals self-care. It's whatever it is for you that helps you to slow down, relax, let go, feel good, and do something enjoyable. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you all practice self-care. I know I try to every day in some capacity. And thank you again for listening. Take care.